before we get started, I need to mention that the Cyber 40 sale is currently still going on. A lot of people stop their sales after Monday. We're not one of those people um, or one of those companies. Through December 7th, you can use promo code Cyber40 and get 40% off any PFF subscriptions. Even if you have a PFF subscription already, maybe you want to get the college uh, edition or you want to upgrade or something like that, use promo code Cyber40 to get 40% off that move. Or you're in the giving spirit, Christmas is coming, and you want to give someone an awesome gift, use promo code Cyber40 and get yourself 40% off that PFF subscription for you or anyone who you love. Welcome to the week 13 PFF daily betting podcast. This is the one that you wait all week for with great anticipation because it's Eric and George. Eric, per usual, sweating out the college games as only Eric Eager can do. And uh, me trying to watch a college game, BYU and uh, South Carolina currently on there. Can you imagine how 2020 it has to be for you to find the marquee game of a college weekend? as the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers versus the BYU Cougars? No, no. And that's why I called them, I think, j- just now South Carolina as they fumbled the ball uh, and and proved me correct and not remembering their name. But uh, it, w- <laughs> I, I was legitimately excited when this game got put together this week. And that, that tells you all you need to know about the state of college football. I uh, I sometimes root for colleges where I knew somebody, and while he didn't have the best experience there, one of my good friends, and actually somebody I worked for for a few years uh, as a consultant, uh, was a goalie, starting goalie for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. So when they became a Division One A football team, I did team, not. What I did know I was that for um, Dustin Johnson, Coastal Carolina guy, and what I know about Coastal Carolina is that I wish I had known about Coastal Carolina. Uh, when I was applying to colleges because apparently it is a wonderful place to go to school. And, uh, I, and I never would have known that, but it's, um, it's, a it's a very, it's not exactly the place you go if you're trying to learn a lot. No, no judgment there, but I've heard it's a very fun place to attend. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, the research triangle in North Carolina, uh, is pretty good. Um, I don't know if once you get down to South Carolina, it, it stays that way, but a good spot. Okay, that was our uh, vacation uh, tip segment here. Let's do a couple of props, and then we'll get into the games this week. Of course, the PFF Live show will be uh, at 11.30 on PFF YouTube channel. We'll have all the uh, picks among ourselves, and then uh, Ian Harditz and Sam Monson will be joining us. We'll do a bunch of props on that, so check that out. Of course, go to pff.com. You can check out all of the um, analysis, uh, both written and the player props tool and the betting dashboard. Cyber 40, still live, 40% off through Monday. So a lot of opportunity. Speaking of opportunity, um, here is one of my favorite uh, props in, uh, in on the Sunday slate. And that is Devontae Adams over seven and a half receptions. The Philadelphia Eagles are checking in here. Not very good at football. Uh, In fact, very bad at football. An absolute disaster. And if we know anything about the Green Bay Packers, it is that they can take advantage of bad football teams. 
may not be tough according to you, but Devontae Adams are not is tough. going to do absolutely They're roast soft. whoever they put in front of them. It's just not going to happen. True. Very true. I mean, they fumbled a bunch. You were you were dead on. Plus, the, the Eagles are like Jim Schwartz and the way he attacks um, <laughs> DBs or uh, wide receivers is not one where he likes to give them too much credit. So I think Devontae Adams will have plenty of opportunity. Seven and a half over is plus 115. I will take it. Yeah, absolutely. When I look at the props this week, there are three that I like. I like Damian Harris under. I like Alvin Kamara under. And I like Melvin Gordon under. I think Kamara has a big game. I think, I think though, for these rushing props, mm-hmm. um, it, to me, it's tough to see any of these guys getting enough carries for the over to be a plus EV play. Um, you know, in the case of Melvin Gordon, for example, he's playing in an offense where the second running Here. back is actually better than he is uh, in Philip Lindsay. And I think that, that right. you'll start to see that in a game where they're behind against Kansas City, they'll probably go uh, with the better of the two horses. Lindsay decidedly better at running the football than Melvin Gordon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here are a couple more that I like. Your boy, Chad Beebe, over 11.5 receiving yards. I know Adam Thielen is back. It's just one. And Jacksonville, not very good. Uh, plus chance that, you know, this is a blowout. Got to consider that. Aaron Rodgers, over 8.5 rushing yards. The disrespect for how, um, you know, uh, old he is is just unacceptable. And, um, and then here's one that's interesting. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. Taysom Hill over one and a half passing touchdowns is plus 160. Like this offends every sensibility I have. Well, why should it, George? I mean, we're in a situation right now where like, you know, the average juice, we talked about this on the forecast, is minus 120. You can get it minus 112 if you go to some books and everything like that. Like, you know, for example, near us in Indiana. But, like, you're laying a huge price. Under three and a half catches, minus 170 often has an edge. Under one interceptions, minus 140 often has an edge. Anytime you can find an edge on something that's, like, plus 160, plus 150, I feel like you got to take it and, Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't an Atlanta Falcons defense. It's brilliant, George. And, and I think that you have to really, you know, uh, think about the, the Saints moving the football enough for Taysom Hill to get into yep. uh, a little bit uh, of a place where he can throw these touchdown passes. I think that's certainly plausible tomorrow uh, in Atlanta. Thank you. I, the, the Sean Payton, here's, and here's my narrative that surrounds it. The Sean Payton continuing to mind fuck opposing coaches will continue this week. And I don't know that that means that New Orleans is a smart bet necessarily. We'll talk about that in a second. But the idea that he still has cards to play in terms of confusing opposing defenses, that's certainly true. And I don't think he exposed any of them against the Denver Broncos because the Broncos weren't actually playing a real team. So um, that is one that uh, at plus 160 I do like. Let's go ahead and jump into sides this week then because that is a game that I wanted to talk about. Should Taysom Hill be a favorite on the road? The Falcons are not a good team, but they're not one of the five worst teams in the NFL. Julio Jones supposed to play. Um, What do you think? When I look at this game, I think it's one of those where the math sort of <clears throat> makes sense, right? At, at, you know, I bet Atlanta all the way down to the three, 
and some money line, but I think now you're probably getting a cheap mm-hmm. price with New Orleans. The thing about it is, though, I mean, our edge is what, like 0.7? Um, with Taysom Hill in there, I might need a bigger one just to justify the pick. Um, but it is mathematically, in my estimation, the right side here to go with New Orleans laying the three. I, I talk about this a lot. Whenever I feel on Sunday night when we record our podcast, whenever I feel one way and the model feels completely the opposite, I like that. Because one of the things that I always think is funny is when someone when someone looks at a mathematical result and goes, that's wrong. And my favorite comeback is like, there's a reason that like people's intuition is not, is not making money in the long term, right? Like there is a reason. Someone brought this up the other day when we were talking about um, a draft grade on the mock draft simulator and they, they were like, oh, this is wrong. And I was like, well, actually like it's kind of a proven fact that like people's draft grades suck <laughs> and maybe you should take a step back. And so I'm taking a step back here and I'm going to, I am not going to coach this game, but I'm going to think about what Sean Payton's massive uh, ability as an offensive coordinator um, and, and offensive play caller is. And I'm going to downgrade the Denver Broncos performance for Taysom Hill, which was bad because I just don't think the Saints tried to, to do anything other than win that game without putting anything else on tape. Because they knew they had the Falcons. They knew the Falcons were going to watch that game. They knew the Falcons were going to re-watch the tape they had against them. And my belief is that Sean Payton is smart enough to look ahead and go, I, I need to make sure that I have a few things that they'll never see, have never seen before. I'm going to play them in this game. It's going to win us this game. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I'm willing to go with the model here and, and take the Saints. George, but does that mean you want to lay the three with Chicago then at home against? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, but because this is clearly a situation where our mm-hmm. numbers, you know, didn't were ambivalent about this game when it was six. The Sharps were playing Detroit six, five, four, all the way down to three. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. Sean Payton lives in one universe. Matt Nagy does not. He couldn't buy a plane ticket to get to where Sean Payton exists, which is offensive success <laughs> it just ain't happening and the detroit lions are in a spot that i like and now it, you're getting the worst of this number so i'm not betting it now um but it was one that we talked about earlier i love the detroit lions freed from matt patricia it was so clear that they hated that guy like they had players liking instagram posts announcing his firing i'm sorry but even if you don't like a guy like if you don't like a boss and like something bad happens to him it's like oh like i still feel bad you have to hate someone to be like let me throw a party because this guy got fired no that's true absolutely and i think that there's going to be some bump there but our you know our edge here is only about 0.2 percent so it'd be one where i Mm -hmm. wouldn't bet that being said it became a positive edge the moment that kenny galladay was out i think he's one of the rare players in the nfl that moves the line as a non-quarterback just because of how substantial that offense changes um without him uh sort of in the fray there because you know he just changes the complexion of that offense which is really hard to do can I can I can I pick the game? 
Go ahead and pick it up. Go ahead and pick another a better about. game, George, because this yes. one sucks. Uh, there's something about the energy that you have on a Saturday night versus a Sunday night. We should look. We should listen to this podcast before our Sunday night one when we're cramming caffeine down our throats. Um, Cleveland, Tennessee. The, my favorite thing about this game is that every time it gets previewed, everyone goes, wow, the two best run games in the NFL. And how excited are you to watch Nick Chubb duel against Derrick Henry? There's two. The first problem with that is like, please give some recognition to the Cleveland Browns offense and uh, offensive line and scheme. And the same with the Titans. The Browns offensive line is amazing. Kevin Stefanski is one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL. I'm not taking anything away from Nick Chubb, but like that just doesn't get mentioned. And then it boils down to this for me. This isn't about the run games at all. It's about, the, and the spread right now is five, five and a half. Is Ryan Tannehill five to five and a half points better than Baker Mayfield? And you can lump in just the passing games in general. Is the Tennessee Titans passing game five and a half points better than the Cleveland Browns passing game? It probably is, but you add everything else up. The fact that Cleveland's probably better on the offensive line, probably better defensively. Um, and you know, as good as, uh, you know, in the, in the head coaching department, I, I think that this is closer than a, you know, what it should be, you know, what it's lined at. Um, and again, we don't want to coach the game. We want to, we want to bet the game. Do you have tickets to that? I'd, I'd like to attend. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that the, the fact is, is like, is the Tennessee Titans run the football way too much on early downs. And when you look at, you know, sort of the two offenses, they're very similar, but I kind of trust Stefanski and company more uh, than I trust Arthur Smith. The other thing is that this is a letdown spot. I mean, they just beat, you know, in, in terms of, you know, their franchise, you know, one of the biggest games in their franchise history, I, I, I tweeted this out a while back, but when they mm-hmm. were, you know, when I was looking at last time every team won a division, the Titans last won their division in 2008. Chris Johnson, the quarterback, was Kerry Collins. Like, this is a humongous, like, sort of letdown spot for the Titans. And I think that, you know, they might just relent a little bit to make this sort of more of a meat grinder game, very similar, uh, let's say, to the Jacksonville game where they had to win by three or the Houston game at home earlier in the season when they had to sort of squeak it out in overtime. I see it more like that game. I'm with you. I don't believe that the Tennessee Titans uh, – here's how I'll sum it up. The Tennessee Titans passing game has all the talent to be five points better than the Cleveland Browns or six points better than the Cleveland Browns passing. They don't leverage it enough. And that, when you have an advantage, it's like it's like the Warriors uh, in basketball when they when they were at the peak of their abilities. The more possessions they got, the worse it was for the opposing team. Why? Because they were going to shoot high percentage threes, and they were better at shooting them than you were. And uh, the Titans don't haven't quite figured that out yet. So, okay, Uh, I also like Cleveland on the money line there, plus one ninety. Rams Cardinals. So that was the best game of the early slate. The best game of the later slate is Rams Cardinals. The Cardinals now a two and a half point favorite at home. Okay, it was three. It's now two and a half. We talk all the time about the value of numbers. You know, a number can go from two and a half one side to two and a half the other side, and we won't be that impressed. When it goes from three to two and a half, there's a sizable move in terms of the value that you gain because so many games land on three. And I was a little skeptical of taking the Rams minus three. I'm now in love with taking the Rams minus two and a half. 
Yeah, absolutely. This game has a ton of playoff implications. When you look at, um, for us, we like kind of Minnesota under. We like Minnesota not to make the playoffs. We wrote about that this week. We like Arizona to make the playoffs. And so in that way, assuming Minnesota beats Jackson, we really like that game. Um, that being said, I think the right side is the LA Rams here because uh, of the mismatches they have on defense. They match up really well with Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals hung in that game against New England and still lost to a quarterback who had like a 15 passer rating. Sean McVay could have me at quarterback and figure out a way to get a like passable passing. That's how good of an offensive coordinator he is. So my worry about Jared Goff is really when it's facing a, a, a team that's really good. The Cardinals are good. They're not really good. And in a, after an embarrassing loss, quite honestly, to the San Francisco 49ers, this is, I love buying the Rams at this spot. I hated, this, that's why I bought the Niners last week. The Rams were off that win against the Tampa Bay Bucs. Everyone loves them. People were putting them in the top five. Their overreaction in the NFL this year has been something spectacular. It's like, I, I tweeted this out a couple, and now I'm doing the thing I hate where I talk about it, something I tweeted out. But I've been thinking this for a while. Are, are is, you are you talking yeah, about me here? I feel dumb when I say it. It's like, hey, go check out my Twitter. No, like I just had this thought. Um, but when, when, um, when you... Uh, when, it, when a team wins a game and they're not, so it's like the Chiefs are number one and then two through nine or two through five, whatever it is, is basically just a decent team that happened to win last week. <laughs> like that's just what it is. Yeah, I talked to Sir, I talked to Saran Petro about this. It's like uh, defenses are the same way. Like defenses are just teams that happened to play a crappy offensive opponent last week or an offense that didn't uh, happen to, to execute last week. Yeah. I will also say one more thing about this game. I completely agree with you. And to that uh, point, the total here is 48. The Rams defense, incredible. They have a lot of really good players. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. You could make the case that if you were picking players to start a defense with, that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey would be one and two. (laughs) Darius Williams has been awesome. And Darius Williams is playing amazingly yeah he i mean he allows jalen ramsey to be the guy that makes everybody better because he's you know the the just a guy that comes in there and sort of fits in nicely with the you know pay you know (laughs) well-paid jalen ramsey he's the player there um you know much like tyron matthew makes everybody around them's job easier and hence makes them all better by comparison i uh, it's it's cool to see i mean i love jalen ramsey i love aaron donald and then for them to be I think it's a combination of scheme and how dynamic Jalen Ramsey is. The way it's similar to, we had a great conversation with Darius Butler on the forecast. If you didn't listen to it, you should go check it out. But we were talking about which DB would you start a, a, a team with? And we all picked guys who were really diverse in their ability to cover, which allows you to put other players who are not superstars in a place where they can be strongest. Right. And that's what it's all about. So anyways, we've diverged here. Yeah. Diversity is brilliance in the secondary. Jalen Ramsey, one of those guys. So I like one advantage that I do like here is um, is Kyler Murray's shoulder. He's now had two weeks to recover. You know, they didn't look good against the uh, New England Patriots on the road, but total at 48. Both these offenses 
um, I think we'll be able to score points. I want to sell the idea that the Rams defense is just shutting everyone down a little bit. So I like the over there too. But we've, we've talked a bunch about this game. Let's do a little rapid fire. Um, give me a, uh, a game that you are a side that you like. Well, we, we like Buffalo minus two and a half. This number has actually moved away from us. It's relatively rare for a lock of the week, but also for just one of our picks. But we're you know getting a decent amount of closing line uh, closing line value against us here. But I like Buffalo getting one uh, in Arizona. I, yeah, this is tough. Here, let me tell you why it's so tough for me. I read that Kyle Shanahan, now being forced to live in a hotel, has had more time to watch film. And... If there's ever a situation where I'm going to overreact to something like that, this is it. <laughs> um, because of my love for Kyle Shanahan. I, know, I feel as though the right side is the Buffalo Bills. They have a good coaching staff. They're not going to make you know dumb mistakes. Um, they have the better players on offense. Um, but I think the side that I would lean in this game is just the over 47. Um the 49ers. Yeah, the Bills The Bills are an over team. Yeah. Last week was the sort of weird one where our model plus, I think, some smart people that we like, like the under. But uh, for the most part, the Bills are an over team. And I would say, you know, the path to it is obviously getting ahead, which we like. And then, you know, mm-hmm. having Nick Mullins come from behind uh, in a game where he's behind. But we, we certainly like that, that, that choice there. Let me take you to... Um... Uh, another game here, and I'm excited for your opinion here. Jags, Vikings. Vikings are 10-point favorites. My immediate intuition seeing this number is how can Kirk Cousins be a 10-point favorite? However, Kirk Cousins, he's played really well this year, and I don't want to, so I don't want to say that this time around. What I want to say here is how is a team like the Vikings a 10-point favorite? Because it's now to the point where Kirk Cousins in the passing game, by far, by far, the strongest part of this team. And the Jaguars have a few playmakers. They have Mike Lennon, who has yet to make a turnover-worthy play, which means it's coming in this game. But 10 points is a lot. Feels like a kind of hold your nose, maybe watch every other game except this game, and then wait until the very end. Mike yeah, I think uh, the Vikings defense being hot garbage is a, is a really important thing here, too. Yes. Hot? Hot may be an, an, I mean, I don't know if you can, they can afford the uh, gas right, payment and, and, to heat themselves But you up. look at the Jaguars, the Jaguars are, I think, the only team in NFL history that's lost 27-25 twice in the same year. They lost by four to Green mm-hmm. Bay on the road. They lost by three to Tennessee on the road. They're a team that has kept some games close this year. And, you know, Minnesota is just like basically one week away, you know, one week off the pace. Uh, of when they were, you know, double-digit favorites against the Dallas Cowboys. It didn't close double digits, which is maybe the difference here, but they, they lost at home to a really bad Cowboys team who went on to lose uh, to the Washington football <laughs> team the following week. Um, this could be something where the Vikings lose here, and it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. All right, I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to uh, give me one more. And the one that I'm going to bring up here is the New England Patriots against the Los Angeles Chargers. Total is 47. Um, I like the over in this game in a dome. Cam Newton has, I think, played a lot better than the data uh, or the outcome of some of his passes. I like the over in this one as well. Exactly. And um, the Patriots defense... While I still, you know, I'm a huge believer in Bill Belichick, they um, they just don't scare me in the way that 
that um, they would have before against Justin Herbert. So uh, yeah, I think, I think so. This was obviously the Chargers were the other side uh, of the Bills bet last week. Their games have mostly gone over this year. Um, if you need to look, you know, sort of anywhere as to why this game wouldn't go over, it's the Anthony Lynn situation. Um, and I do think Belichick has been more conservative than in the past. And I think Anthony Lynn, um, you know, obviously is a guy that, you know, is, po- is shaving points with, with sort of the decisions mm-hmm. he makes, obviously not intentional. Um, but to me, that that's where I think you have to look. You have to look over here. Herbert might regress a little bit, but I don't think that this week's the week. The the Patriots don't rush the passer particularly well, um, and, and hence I really do like the way in which uh, you know this game can go. Um, I would say my last pick, the pick that I like, uh, you know, the most after this, um, you know, weirdly, is going to be the over in the Washington football team Pittsburgh Steelers game on Monday night, the one that starts at five. All right. We will be live at 1130 on the PFF YouTube channel. You can check us out. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, of course, the PFF forecast tomorrow evening as we look ahead to week 13 and talk about some of the games that uh, just happened. We also have three games, two on Monday and one on Tuesday. Um, We're going to close out here. Uh, with a few prize picks. If you go to prizepicks.com, um, it is a really cool place to um, play essentially over-unders on fantasy points. So it's kind of like prop betting, um, but you parlay those together. So you can basically pick anywhere from two to four players, pick whether they're going to go over or under a certain number of fantasy points. And depending on how many you parlay, you stand to win a certain multiplier of what you put in. For example, if you pick four guys and they all go uh, the way that you predict them to, you can win 10x of what you bet. Um, I've got two guys that uh, that I like. Um, I'll go ahead and start with the first one. Brandon Cooks, 15 and a half uh, fantasy points against Indianapolis. He's like their only wide receiver. Uh, I think he gets fed. I'll take Brandon Cooks over 15 and a half. Um, I'll let you go ahead now. Not a bad one. I like Alvin Kamara, even though I talked about his under um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, rushing. I think that Sean Payton is going to throw him the football uh, a lot um, this week. And so I think he gets over the 14 and a half um, against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that has historically given up a decent amount of run to running backs in the passing game. <laughs> I loved Alvin Kamara over 14 14- Uh, 0.9 points is what he's projected at right now. Um, All right, my next one, uh, I had Kamara in there, but uh, you jacked him from me. Um, But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Let me go with my my second option here, which was Cooper Cup. Uh, 15 fantasy points against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, He is going to be a guy that, look, Patrick Peterson, I'm guessing more of a Robert Woods. and so this will give Cooper Cup an opportunity, I think, to uh, to get many, many targets in this game, over 15 points. Okay, for my last one, I like Jarvis Landry getting over 12.6 yards. Um, I think he you know, is obviously the number one target there. Um, Tennessee's defense Easy sucks. Easy money. I don't know if, you, if, if anyone watched the Cleveland Browns play last week. They should understand that Jarvis Landry is like the guy. Yeah. It was uh, an absolute, he was really good. He made Baker Mayfield look really good. All right, prizepicks.com, go check it out. 
Eric, I will see you. Manana, good luck with the, uh, the sweats the rest of the night. I'm praying for you.